Good morning and welcome to episode 161 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get to it. My guest today is Jacob Gass, the owner and designer at Just Creative and the Just Creative Design blog. During this episode, we talk about the doors that the Just Creative Design blog kicked open for him, moving to New York, uh, traveling the world as a designer, as a digital nomad, you know, going into it with one year plan, but ending up doing that for three years. We talk about the logo that was super influential to him. Uh, he also tells us about the TEDx talk that he did about a really challenging time in his career. We get into some of the lessons that he's learning right now. And right near the end, he lets me in on a little gem that he was just part of redesigning the logo for the city of San Francisco. Yeah, pretty damn cool. So let's get to this one. Jacob has a lot of stories to share. So let's open it up. Ladies and gentlemen, my awesome guest, Jacob Cass. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Jacob, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, mate. I'm very well. Thank you so much. Awesome. Glad to have you on the show today. First, I got to ask you, are you ready for a Quickie? I'm ready for a quickie. Let's do it. Perfect. Well, let's start. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Cool. Well, if you haven't picked up, I'm Aussie. I'm a branding uh, expert. I run a design blog. And yeah, I love logo design, graphic design, anything creative, marketing. Um, that's really my, my realm. And I'm excited to, to chat with you. Awesome. So you're working as Just Creative, right? Correct. That's my um, blog and design studio at Branding Agency. Cool. And how long have you been running that for? Uh, it's 2007 is when I first started it. I had pretty amateur at that stage, but um, things have progressed, thankfully. Um, awesome. But yeah. Very cool. And before you started that, you know, 12 years ago now, um, what were you doing? I was studying at university. So that was, um, I was studying design or visual, visual communication. And mm -hmm. during that time, I was running my blog and um, the start of my design studio. Got it. So when you graduated, did you go straight to doing just creative or did you dabble in, you know, studio and agency life first? Good question. So I started just creative as originally a design blog to document my design studies. And through that, I got uh, this blogging world came to um, fruition. And I, uh, I should say the whole blogging world just um, came to me and I had no idea what blogging was all about. So I, I learned that you can really use that to um, connect with people, sell your services and make money from it. So I, I just kind of use that as a platform to share um, my work and that kind of evolved into something bigger. And actually uh, through that, I got uh, headhunted from a design agency in New York and they picked me up because of that blog. And that's kind of how my career progressed um, to answer your question. Got it. So were you for that agency in New York, 
were you freelancing? Like, so you were hired and stayed in Australia or did you actually go to New York to work there? I went to New York. So I actually had six months left to go with my studies and um, I told them that and they said, yeah, cool. As soon as you finish studying, uh, come over and you can start working for us. Um, so I was freelancing during that time as well mm-hmm. uh, and I can have continued to do so um, ever since starting it. Uh, but in the past, uh, I think, four years, it's been full-time um, freelance or I run a, an agency. I, I stopped calling myself a freelancer these days. It just mm-hmm. sounds a little bit... Uh, uh, bigger if you call yourself an agency or studio, <laughs> so uh, yeah. the one-man agency. Okay, so you graduated, moved to New York, and how long were you in New York for before coming back to Australia? So I stayed in New York for five years, and I worked for an, about f- four companies in the first year, and then I found one that I really liked, and I stayed there for four years, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I would have done my own thing, but you need a visa to stay in the States if, if you're Australian or wherever else you're from. Yep. So I kind of stayed there for five years and I loved the job. It was great. I had a um, great opportunity to work with some big brands and um, yeah, I, I kind of got off <laughs> what the original question was. No, I was just curious about your, your move to New York and your time there and what led to you moving, moving back to Australia and going full time as you know, just creative. Uh, yeah, so actually, I went traveling for what was meant um, after after New York. So I had a kind of ultimatum where I had to either go back to Australia to get a new visa to stay in the States for two more years, mm-hmm. is how long the visas last, or um, pack up and go traveling. So we ended up packing up to go traveling. We had some money saved to go traveling for a full year. But then I, so, I sh- soon realized that um, I had so much more time to focus on the business, even while traveling that this one year turned into three years. So we ended up traveling the world for three years. We went to about 80 plus countries. Uh, we ran a travel blog through that time. And I also ran my business, uh, Just Creative, through that time as well. So I was working on the road as a, a digital, what they call a digital nomad. So, <laughs> the digital nomad life. That's yeah. so cool. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, so that was a number of years and I was, I was still running it. Like You don't really realize the behind the scenes of where people are at, but yeah, I did a lot of traveling even while running the business. Wow. Okay, so throw down some of the countries that you were at. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a lot. So we started <laughs> We started in Europe. So we did um, Europe for three or six months. We overstayed our visa by three months, which we did by accident, but mm-hmm. that worked out. <laughs> The, then we went down to Central America, and we, we pretty much just followed all the countries uh, in order, like how they are geographically, yeah. by geography. And then went down to South America, and then we uh, did Asia and Southeast Asia for a while as well. Um, uh, Australia and New Zealand, we, we did quite a lot in Australia as well. And, but yeah, there's we've re- my wife and I have run a travel blog called Just Globetrotting, and yeah, there's guides to all these countries as well if you're interested in in learning about each of them uh, and where we went and all of that. So lots of stories and photos and tips and all that. That is so cool. Okay. Uh, before I get too far into that, cause I want to ask a little bit more about that. I'm going to rewind first here and I want to hear a little bit about your childhood. What was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that kind of sort of pointed you in this career path? I had a very fortunate childhood. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I, Things pointed me in that direction for any particular reason, but I guess it's more was more in my DNA because I definitely um, shied away from any maths or uh, 
sciences or anything like that. I was always yeah. uh, doing drawing and art, and I just was drawn to that more naturally. Um, and then what actually drew me to the career was my career advisor in year 10, so probably like two years before you finish in grad school or whatever it is you yeah. guys call it, I can't remember. Um, and, yeah, they, they, she told me about graphic design as a career. And at, at that time, I was just dabbling around in Photoshop um, like morphing people's faces together and creating, <laughs> and just yeah, just as a as a hobby really, and that kind of led me into the world of web design um, as well because I that was kind of up and coming. It was like just after GeoCities and all that fun stuff, showing my age here. But <laughs> the, the um, yeah, that kind of opened the world of web design, and I did um, my high school's website as my major work in high school, mm-hmm. and then I went on to. Um, continue doing design visual communication as my studies because my career advisor told me about that as a career and yeah that's really how I got started and how I went down that route and I haven't looked back since okay so what it was that teacher then in you know what you would call 10th grade or 10th year that really started pointing you in the direction of creative because the academics were just not for you hey uh, I wouldn't say they weren't for me. I just I never I never enjoyed maths or sciences. Um, like I was okay at them. I, I, it was fine. But in terms of steering me in the right direction, that's definitely where I I found myself going towards. Like even woodwork or anything creative. It's mm-hmm. uh, I just enjoyed those classes more. And um, but yeah, it, it was it was her that opened the, the idea of it as a career. Well, I'm with you there, sir, because the academics were not for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I think I think a lot of people can relate. Some people are in between, and either you're this or that. But yeah, I'm definitely definitely far far more creative than the others. Got it. Okay, so I want to touch back on this digital nomad life. Um, so you make the decision to leave New York and travel, and is it even before you leave that you're thinking I'm going to run my business from abroad while we're traveling the world, or did that come to you later on during your travels? Uh, I, I did, was going to continue running it. So I was running design blog and making um, affiliate revenue and had blog advertising income and all that, which was, it was quite minimal at that stage. And uh, it was enough to, to uh, live off, but not to, uh, not in Europe or like any um, expensive Western country. It would be mm-hmm. more tailored towards like Asia or something. So that's why we saved up quite a bit for that first year where we we're all traveling in the more expensive parts of the world. But as soon as you got to more affordable places, you really could live like a king because, yeah, it's like what you get, the value for money there is just amazing. So mm-hmm. um, I, I did intend to run the business at all times, but the fact that I had so much more time just allowed it to grow more. And, yeah, it just, it just spiraled from there because I had more time to focus on it. And while you're traveling around, you're getting clients and other revenue through the blog it's the blog and that's what's pointing the revenue in your direction absolutely so that that's really been the backbone of my business and still is today uh content marketing blogging well it was called blogging back then now it's content marketing (laughs) yes for sure uh yeah that's that's really what kept me afloat and it, it it's even grown further now very cool okay um so during all of this stuff going on, and maybe even earlier, was there or has there been a design that you saw and just stuck with you? Something that was really influential? Yeah, absolutely. The I Love New York logo. Oh, the, perfect. 
Yeah, that was the first logo that like I was like, wow, that it meant something. I didn't even know what age I was, but when I saw it, like I ordered a T-shirt from eBay because I loved it so much. I was like, this is so cool. It just says so much. And um, then I learned about um, like logo design and um, all of that from that little shirt <laughs> or logo. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's such a good one. When we, my wife and I were in New York. Um, probably two and a half years ago now, three years ago now, um, and loved it. But that logo is everywhere. Yeah, every country now. <laughs> That's definitely one thing I did see when on our travels is just how uh, copied it was, which is it's fine. Like it worked for anything, which which is what makes it so powerful. Actually, definitely agree. Um. Jacob, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? And what about them do you like? So I don't follow actually brand designers per se, because I think brands are formed by um, like a whole experience. But in terms of brands that I aspire to, it's, it's, it's so cliche, but like Apple is is one that I, I used to be like a, a PC guy. And then I... <laughs> I, all my university was um, Mac, so it kind of converted me, and I haven't really mm-hmm. gone back. And I am part of that fan club. Um, other other brands, um, I'm not very loyal to brands because I I like trying new things all the time. So my wife always laughs at me because I'm always trying a new beer or like always getting something new in whatever place or country we go to. It's like I have to try something different all the time. So I don't have this brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. I think except for Apple, maybe. So even my clothes, I don't have like the same clothes or um, same brand for all my clothes or anything like that. It's just trying new things and um, I guess seeing what what works works for me or tastes good. And mm-hmm. if I do like it, then I'll, I may buy it again. But I, I'm more about variety than loyalty. Got it. So in that variety, is there a you know are you so what the designers and and creatives that you maybe follow on Instagram or something like that. Um, you know, it's again, a wide variety. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I love about the community on, on Instagram or dribble or wherever it may be is that, uh, everyone has their own style and you can learn something from everyone. Um, obviously there's some people with more experience and, um, they they become my mentors and there's also people that are new who I can teach. And in that process, I'll learn myself as well. So I think it's, it's important to, um, to have those mentors and to also see yourself as a teacher. Definitely. No, I couldn't have said it better. That's for sure. Um, Jacob, I want to ask you a little bit about print and packaging now. Um, I want to hear how you might have utilized print and packaging in your design career. Any stories that you could share with us? I do have a story. I think the most notable one would be for my own wedding. So I got married, I think, six years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I had to do, well, I didn't have to, but I, I chose to do all the stationery for and the menus and all the signage and everything for uh, for the wedding. And that included creating a logo for my wife and I, which, um, which, which was kind of a passion project. Um, so I created a logo and then did all the, the stationery, uh, not stationery, the invites. So um, I, I went and had all those fancy effects made, like the foil stamping and really nice stock and um, envelopes. And we even got stamps with our photo on them, which was cool. <laughs> nice. um, yeah. And, uh, and just, I really love that project because um, it was, it was personal and uh, I, I got to play with the theme theming and it, it was just a, a nice one to work on. 
Very cool. So what kind of um, things were you foiling? Was it, did you have a, a specific element throughout that was foiled or? Yeah, it was on the, the main invite. So there was the core invite, then RSVP, and then um, there was also this like kind of um, the envelope was kind of like a flower, mm-hmm. so it kind of folded in on itself. But the actual foiling was on the main invite, so it was our names and um, the logo, I believe it was. Beautiful. Yeah. I love foil. Foil in a nice paper. Happy days. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't do much of that these days, occasionally business cards or letterhead, but I haven't really worked in the, the, the wedding space before. <laughs> before, before doing your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, perfect. Jacob, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out. Um, and I'm really interested to hear your answers, knowing that you know you lived a good portion of your career here on as a digital nomad um so i'm curious to see if anything ties into that but um what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far why was it challenging and how did you get through it well i got kicked out of the states (laughs) for some visa issues so i actually did a tedx talk on this um, because i got kicked out and I had to go to Canada. My wife had to bring all my clothes and everything because I wasn't allowed back in. I had to fly home to Australia. Uh, So that was pretty challenging. And I ended up seeing a lawyer back in Australia um, to find out ways I could get back to New York because I loved it and I wanted to live there. We just signed a lease. And um, it was, (laughs) yeah, it was just one of those things that I had to get done. And thankfully, this lawyer pointed me to the direction of uh, a different type of visa that I qualified for because I'd actually only just scraped into qualifying for because I was a recent graduate mm-hmm. um, and I qualified for a different type of visa. So thankfully I made my way back. So that was a huge challenge and I'm so glad I actually went back there because New York was such a big career booster for me. Mm-hmm. So at this time you had your job and was this during the time where you had the job you enjoyed the most? No, that was before that time. Got it. So you have this job, all of a sudden you find out you have to leave the country because your visa's expired. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not expired. There's, um, uh, it, it goes deeper. I can the TEDx will explain it, but it's um, probably not worth getting into. It's a bit a bit boring without <laughs> <laughs> without the visuals and the hand talking. Yes, exactly. Got it. So, for whatever reason, you have to leave the country due to visa issues. And how long did it take you to get back to New York? Uh, not too long, actually. Um, I can't recall, but within a month. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I can imagine like a separation of a number of months just trying to sort that stuff out. And whenever it involves like visas or immigration, I just have this idea that it would take forever to do anything. Yeah, it's just bureaucracy and red tape and just paperwork. And yeah, it's it's not fun, but I guess it's it's necessary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can happen. Got it. So I want to get a little bit more specific now, Jacob. I want to hear about a specific design or project you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah, um, I need to think about one. Try to erase them from my memory, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think early on in my career, I had a a number of... um, number of projects where either they just weren't happy with the work and that was just probably lack of skills to be honest mm-hmm. um, but that's a learning mistake or something you can learn from and um, your skills may just not align to what they were after 
and looking back on it now, it's probably 100% right. <laughs> but <laughs> it hasn't happened for many years now because I, I can manage expectations and I can understand what the client wants and there's more process that goes into it to avoid those sorts of things. So mm. those were lessons I learned along the way. So that was basically when you were newer to the field and you know, learning how to set expectations and how to, um, you know, how to price things, how to like basically learning how to be a designer and running your own one person agency. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you can't really learn that stuff. And that's why it's called experience. You, you learn from the experience and yeah, your skills grow as you grow. The more you practice, the better you become. Mm-hmm. Um, and you learn how to price, you know, learn how to talk with clients. You learn how you just because of the experience, you know what to expect and how the process can work and how you can improve on that and to streamline your systems. That's really what it comes down to. And that comes with experience. You, you can't teach someone experience. Yeah. Figuring out, you know, your experience and finding out where you fit and what feels right is all part of the journey. Yeah, exactly. And it, someone can tell you how to do it, but if you're doing it right, you're only going to learn from trying it out yourself. So in your early career where you were learning all of these things, is there one client presentation that you recall that just fell totally flat? Uh, it's been a long time since that, but I, I often just sent them an email and that's where I really went wrong. <laughs> I wasn't presenting in person, you know, that's oh, yeah. another mistake I made. Just here's my work and didn't talk through it. I had some notes in an email, but I wasn't there to talk through the design 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 decisions or mm-hmm. any of the thinking behind it. So that's another mistake. Oh yeah. So important rather than here's an email, make of it what you will. Here's the logo. Yeah. And I did that for years. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. But yeah, I learned. Got it. Was there somebody that sort of coached you through that and explained to you why you should try it differently? Or did you come to that just through experience? Um, when I was traveling, I, the time zones and um, the fact that I wanted to see the places I was traveling to meant that I didn't want to schedule calls or spend time doing calls. So I often just did, did keep it to email to keep it um, simple. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was detrimental, I'm not sure, most likely, but it worked at the time. These days, I have changed my whole system um, on my website. I don't have any forms or anything now. It's all about scheduling calls, and mm-hmm. I, I do try to build relationships uh, that way. And that allows me to better understand what they need, allows me to uh, charge more because I can give more value to them. Yep. And I think it's a win-win for everyone. I get to focus, I get to understand, and they get a and better end product and better um, their, their goals get met. So I think it is definitely a win-win. Definitely. You know, adding that personal touch with a call and, you know, as a kickoff call, um, you know, just really shows that you're ready to invest your time into that customer as well. Exactly. And yeah, they're, they're spending their time, you're spending your time, but you're not always going to be a perfect fit. And just having that at least 15 minutes gets gets you to understand uh, a bit about them and if there is that fit, right fit. For sure. Um, Jacob, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, I wouldn't say, well, I'm, what I'm learning right now is to become more of a brand strategist. So learning um, the deeper depths of strategy mm-hmm. and delivering that for the client. So there's a number of different ways to do that and 
I'm kind of just pulling my feelers out in terms of different courses and different people's systems and processes and workshops and things like that, just to know how people do things differently. Um, and I'm kind of pivoting my business. I haven't gone full in yet. Um, I'm still doing brand uh, logo design, brand identity design, but I'm also going to go do more brand strategy and a deeper level of brand strategy. So that's a weird, uh, that's in progress and that's what I'm learning about. So I'm also sharing that journey along the way with on my socials and newsletter um, and all of that. So um, there's a number of people that are following along and there's a number of people in the space that I'm following as well. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, I wouldn't say struggling. It's just learning. I like how you twisted that. I like it. I'm not struggling. This is what I'm learning right now. Um, all right. I'm going to turn this bus around for you, Jacob. I want you to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. Maybe it's the biggest design feather in your cap. Well, Just Creative is kind of my baby. So that would be the obvious one because that's really my business and that's how it keeps my family afloat and that's what I spend all my time on. And um, yeah, there's the blog and then there's the clients and then there's the socials and everything. So it's kind of that platform and that platform has allowed me to grow in so many ways. Mm -hmm. In terms of a client project, I just finished rebranding San Francisco, which was amazing. Uh, so I was involved with an agency. I was subcontracted out to work with them on the rebranding. And thankfully, after many group, or a lot of user testing and uh, a lot of other people's logo submissions, uh, my logo came out on top. And thankfully, that has now been approved and is in, um, is in San Francisco being used now to promote that lovely city. Okay, so you just finished redesigning the logo for the city of San Francisco? Correct. Wow. Pretty cool. A, yeah, such a cool project that you could put your stamp on. Yeah, there's a little nice little feather in my cap for this year, for sure. I like it. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? I could live without them all, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've just I've just got into Instagram in the past year, so I've been on there for I don't know five plus years. But it was just to share travel photos, and I didn't really put much um, time into uh, talk or collaborating with other people, or I really networking on that platform. Mm -hmm. I was just using it as an inspirational um, for inspirational means. But now I've in the past I don't know nine months i've turned it more my post into educational posts and it's it's uh kind of opened my world to other community members and learning from them and i think there's a, a tight-knit community on there and a lot of creators that are pumping out content that uh really broadens your idea of uh, of design mindset business branding and whatever else you choose to follow mm -hmm. i think that one is the one that I'm focused more on at the moment. It used to be Facebook, um, but now organic reach has gone down. Um, I'm getting into LinkedIn like a few others. Um, I think it's really interesting that the, the people go where they can get the most reach for the less, well, least amount of money because mm -hmm. now Facebook is uh, making you boost posts and your organic reach is down to, I don't even know the percentages, but really low. Um, Instagram is definitely at the height at the moment and LinkedIn will be very soon. Definitely. No, I see that too. 
Well, Jacob, you've made it to the part of the show for the Ask It Forward question. That's where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So first off, my last guest was Josh Whiting from Bright Cool Creative in Augusta, Georgia. And he wanted to ask you this, and this is such a fitting question now knowing that, you know, you spent a number of years as that digital nomad. Um, You're on a flight and turns out that you are seated next to your dream client on a six-hour flight. So I'm going to add something to this question. I'm going to say, who is that dream client? And two, how do you break the ice with them? That is a really funny question because I've always wanted to brand an airline. So the fact that I'd be on a plane, I'd hope it's like a CEO of some airline and I could have a (laughs) chat with them about the plane that I'm flying on so I could help rebrand their company. Uh, I don't know what airline I'd be. Maybe some Aussie one, but I think Qantas does an amazing job with their branding. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to (laughs) go near there, but maybe a struggling brand or um, would be great. So. And what was the second part of that question? How do you break the ice with them? You know you got to talk to them and they're going to be your dream client as soon as you do. But how do you uh, break the ice? I'll probably like spill a drink on them or something. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the conversation. Just yeah. elbow a drink over. And that wouldn't be intentional. It would probably just be myself. <laughs> be <clumsy. laughs> Perfect. That's so funny. Um, Jacob, what is the question that you would like me to ask the next guest for you? Sure. Okay, so if you were to die today, what would you like to be said about you? Oh, I like that. If you were to die today, what would you like to be said about you after? Yep, correct. Got it. Jacob, you have made it to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I enjoyed your questions. Thank you so much. No problem. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye.